0: Uh, good evening, and welcome to the 26th episode of the North of 49 podcast. As always, I am Scott.
1: And you're here with your workaholic friend, Curtis.
0: And uh, Curtis, you're out uh, on camp today. How are things out there?
1: It's, uh, the weather sucks, I hear Edmonton's nicer, and it's dusty, and it's ugly.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: it's, it's everything you imagine up here might be like.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> you've painted quite a picture of Fort as, uh as I envision it, so... Uh, we're going to talk about slightly happier things. Um, you and I are both NFL fans. I think we both have some qualms with the league, but uh, we both watch. And uh, we're going to recap week one and predict week two.
1: Uh, I, I'm sure we're the best at this. I, I did win my office pool. I, I had 11 games right last week. So. That's not bad. Official champ. Official champ right here. Mm-hmm.
0: I think we should open by saying um, I don't feel the same watching football anymore. It has been partially ruined by the concussions and the general nefarious behavior of the NFL management, but um, I can't help it. Every Sunday, I still get dragged into watching some of these games.
1: It it is it does give you kind of a weird feeling and kind of the pit of your stomach because you know that the majority of the league is roided up. You know that on probably every play, somebody is getting a minor concussion. But A minor but, Well every play minor Play some plays major but, but you, you just keep watching because for whatever reason it's great theater, it has the best production value uh, the stoppages in play which are awful in person um, lend itself to multiple replays it's the perfect TV sport
0: I wonder how successful the NFL would be if the games weren't all on at the same time I guess it would probably still be a crazy success, but I find I need multiple games to sit down and watch an un- uninterrupted. Because the games, like, you know, Sunday morning's great, you can bounce between four games on basic cable. But if it's a Thursday night game, if I'm not out or something like that, I have a hard time mowing through those games.
1: Well, <laughs> Thursday games are tough in general, but even a Sunday night game where you've got a good, generally a good game, or, or good teams anyways you're right it's it's easy it helps if there was like an oilers game on a sunday which is usually a, a pretty dreadful option but something to switch to during the long commercial breaks
0: mm-hmm. well anyway so uh curtis what did you take away from week one any games you want to discuss or do you just want to bounce between a, a few random thoughts um
1: you know, just kind of scanning through the scores
0: Uh,
1: some of it seemed relatively predictable when you look at the uh, the end result but games like the Chiefs Chargers or I suppose uh, Saints Raiders uh, I personally thought the Raiders and the Chiefs in these scenarios were going to be the easy winners and they had to do everything just to kind of eke out a victory Still, say they're very good teams, though it's, it's tough in the early weeks. Guys are still rusty.
0: I have, I, I've had a, a long-standing theory with some sports. I don't think, um, I don't think. You, obviously, you can't, uh, you know, declare a good season after one game. But I find you can really screw a season up right away. And I have, I've, I've, I felt really strongly about this ever since the Oilers lost a season opener against Calgary four or five years ago. And tell me if you remember this. But they lost at home to Calgary and badly outplayed Calgary. And I think that the shots were something like 42 to 20 for the Oilers. The fans were nuts and the Oilers choked. And it was the goalie was uh, Scrivens. And Scrivens killed them and they lost the first game. And then the Oilers had a bunch of difficult games after that. And I feel to this day that if they had won that first game as they should have, that season wouldn't have gone off the rails the same way as it did. And I think the same thing can happen with football, and even much more so. And I feel a couple teams had a bad losses to the point I can't see them bouncing back. And I'll tell you a few. The Miami Dolphins were leading the entire game against Seattle. I shouldn't say that, but they were in that game the whole way. Seattle couldn't score a touchdown, and then they drove down the field in the last drive and beat the Dolphins. And I feel that's the type of team that they had a good start, Might have got rolling. I feel that the Colts reinforce that they are the Colts again, that they have no defense, that they start badly. And I feel like that Monday night game, the new Los Angeles Rams, was one of those games that is going to be really hard to come back from. And I would honestly think, I think those teams are all, more or less, have established who they are this season. I know that's stupid after one week, but I always feel that way about the NFL
1: it's uh it's interesting you said that because i was going to mention the the colts game and the Rams game also i feel there's to to elaborate on your theory two styles of teams where the the first week or or in the nhl's you know first game first couple weeks uh, records are a good predictor of the rest of the season teams like the colts that are like they're good bad teams with a real lack of identity or a lack of resolve, a loss like that, I think I agree with you, is crippling for the rest of the year. If they'd had a good result, they'd probably get rolling. Teams like the Rams that you know are bad, losing to another bad team that badly, yeah, there's there's no coming about, back from
0: that. that. That really sets it, the tone. It's once you establish you're the same type of flawed team that you were the year before. And, I mean, we could go further with this. Like, the New Orleans Saints are a great example. They lose 35-34. Their quarterback throws for over 400 yards. I just looked it up. Drew Brees had 423 yards of passing and four touchdowns. And they found a way to blow a gigantic lead at home, just like they always do. The Browns got blown out, just as they always do. The Bills lost a low-scoring game where they couldn't do anything on offense, just as they always do. The Falcons blew a game, a high-scoring game, just as they always do. And the Cowboys lost in heartbreaking fashion, just as they always do. And I feel that like games like that, where you just sort of you reinforce the same storylines about your team, are really damaging losses. It... You're allowed to lose week one, it happens. I mean, half the teams have to, but it's really hard when the same flaws come to the surface once again.
1: Isn't it amazing that in a, in a league where... Parody has been touted for the probably the better part of a decade that the majority of the teams have an established identity that they seem to not be able to break themselves out of. So uh, I know we kind of talked about it a little bit on, on the weekend, but teams like the Broncos, the Packers, the Steelers, the uh, Patriots, uh, to a certain extent nowadays, the Cardinals—they're yeah, almost playoff locks every, every year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that, that that is their identity. It helps, of course, that generally quarterback play leads leads the day for them. But still, you, you've got other teams like uh, the Colts and uh, the Bears, and like that. That Saints they've got good quarterbacks, maybe not on the same echelon, but perfectly good quarterbacks. But they are consistently bad, and they can't they can't break that mold. I, I, there's obviously like the obvious. Uh, you know the Browns—they're always bad, bad, but that, that's a little different.
0: I, I watch the Browns game as, as you know, I think we should tell the, you know, the few people who are listening. You've always been a Packers fan, and I've always been an Eagles fan, and we are going to see our teams play each other this year. But I, I actually watched the Cleveland Browns and the Philadelphia Eagles game, and I can't think of an example in football where a team is intentionally losing as clearly as the Browns are. But their roster is spectacular. I, I've never, I can't think of it in the NFL because there are seasons that go off the rails all the time. You know, there's two and fourteen teams, but the Browns are literally going to have a hard time winning a game. I, I follow Philly really closely. They're not very good this year. They're they're in a rebuilding building mode, and they beat the Browns with ease. And now that the Browns have lost Robert Griffin for probably the year. How are they gonna win more than two games? I I can't see it.
1: I, I'll give the Browns credit just this one time. At least they're trying to lose. <laughs> because the the last decade they weren't trying to lose and they were still doing it. So hey, go for losing and, and do that well. They're doing something well.
0: It is it's rare in you know the NFL has crazy turnover every year. It's rare to see a team that has so few Names I've heard of, and and I follow football pretty closely, so do you. And I can name about three Cleveland Browns players, and one of them just got knocked out for the season.
1: Which was like predestined.
0: Yeah, after going twelve for twenty six, it, it's just a really a tragic state of affairs. There, they are they are a shockingly bad team, and I, I know you got to go through rebuilding years, but I don't know how much this helps teams. To completely burned to the ground because it's going to take
1: you three or four years to build it back. You know, you know what I thought was interesting and you to kind of flip this on its head a little bit is teams that went against type. Uh, I thought notably probably the Jags is the, is the best example. They played the Packers really tough. They, they, they were pretty good and, and I said numerous times during the game I was like, this is a great offense. They, they have a they're deep at receiver, deep at running back. Blake Bortles is serviceable. That's gonna be a tough team. That's a, that division's wide open. I gotta say, Texans, I, Titans, Colts—they're all gonna be in that.
0: I like to draw instant conclusions, and one of my conclusions was Jacksonville's. Jacksonville's good. I think they're actually a good team. From what I watch, Jacksonville's gonna be good. The Rams are going to be bad. The Steelers will be good again. I, I think there's a couple of things that come up pretty clear in week one. But Jacksonville in that game was right there the whole way. Aaron Rodgers, as we know, is the best quarterback in the NFL. And he had to really work for it in that game. And that was close throughout. And I would bet the Jacksonville Jaguars win comfortably next week against San Diego. And I'll be placing money on that.
1: I... What I found particularly impressive uh, outside of skill position players that I I didn't realize they had, and I bet most people didn't because they're the Jacksonville Jaguars, is they went for it on a lot of short fourth downs and not always in the most obvious of situations. And as I'd say most people know, NFL coaches are pretty safe in their play calling, seemingly keeping an eye on their jobs more often than not. They, they went for it at the right times. They took chances, and, and more often than not, it worked in their favor. Uh, it kept the Packers on the ropes all game.
0: It does drive me nuts watching NFL how conservative people are on that league. The number of times you see people taking a kick from like the three-yard line rather than going for it and pinning the other team deep if you don't get it, it's infuriating to watch. I,
1: I do find it funny that the most traditional of sports, baseball was the first reluctantly to embrace you know advanced stats and different styles of thinking and somehow hell even hockey is kind of slowly grinding in that direction football the clock management uh going for it on fourth downs the numbers support it uh, more often than not but nope you just won't see teams do it no
0: matter what football has a number of they have an incredible number of you know it's such a complicated sport and yet they do so many things that are so backwards and insane by modern standards it's hard to figure Um, anyway I think we should get to next week Uh, I thought the best way it might be to do this is do you want to pick three games from next week that you like
1: that I would like to watch or
0: to, to, to bet on Three games you have a strong opinion
1: on. All right, let's see what we got here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick just straight winners, not looking at the spread or anything like that. Yeah. Panthers over the 49ers looks mighty mighty attractive.
0: Okay, let's pick three games that aren't automatic slam dunks. Uh, you know what? Okay,
1: then. I like Giants okay. over the Saints. Yep. I think that one looks pretty nice. Uh, what else? Ooh. Bucks cards is kind of a good one, but I probably like the cards. Second game in a row at home, lost last week. The team's too good. And that's
0: one of those that's one of those potential season ending losses. If you go on two with two home games, I agree there. That you should win. That's that's sort of it.
1: Yeah I agree. And you know what? I like the Raiders at home over the Falcons. Okay. I think the Raiders uh, are our legitimately good football team, which is fun.
0: Okay. Those are pretty interesting picks. And I will go. I like the Jets over the Bills on Thursday night. Cuz I watched the bit of that Jets game too. They are not bad and the Bills might actually be bad. Jets
1: look pretty good. I agree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like the Jaguars over the Chargers. Oh. I'm going to ride this Jaguars thing. I feel like I feel that's a gi- I feel, about about feel like
1: them. that's a gimme, Scott. You got to go uh, again. I think
0: the Jaguars are the Jaguars are probably an underdog.
1: Oh, I sure as hell hope not. Otherwise, if they are, I'm taking that every day of the week.
0: I'm looking this up right now. This is riveting podcasting here. But uh, San Diego is a three-point favorite in that game, Curtis. Okay,
1: so if I just sign my paycheck over to you, can you put my yeah, bet through on we your BoJack account? can do uh, it. On your we can absolutely
0: account. bet that. Let, let's, let's hammer that bet. Anyway, I feel really strongly about that. And uh, I think the Chicago Bears beat my Philadelphia Eagles, who people will be a little too high on and uh, are not very good. They have nobody in the skill positions on offense, and so I hate to say it, but I would pick the Bears in that
1: game. I picked that in the office pool, and I don't intend on losing, so I agree.
0: All right. All right. Anyway, uh, we thought we'd bounce between sports today. Um, Curtis, have you watched any World Cup of Hockey preseason stuff?
1: (laughs) Some pre-tournament action? Uh, I have not sat down to watch it, because I don't care enough, but... uh, you know, I have seen it in the background, you know, as background noise or, or at the gym or whatever. So I've probably seen more than than I had originally intended to. How about you?
0: All right. Well, um, I haven't either, but I have a couple comments on this tournament all the same. <laughs> so it doesn't make for great podcasting when neither of us has watched an event. But uh, the one thing I wanted to say about this is this North America thing is interesting to me. Huh. I've always wondered, not... That I like the idea that there's a team North America. But this indirectly could answer a question we've always asked about hockey. And I know when like the Olympics happen, when a major tournament happens, I would say, what would happen if a Canada B or C team entered this tournament? And I think we're finally going to get the answer. Because this team is essentially a Canada B team, right? Maybe a youth all-stars. Most of these guys would be on Team Canada. I know there's a bunch of Americans there, too. But we're going to find out how that team matches up against legitimate teams like the Czech Republic. And I think they'll win.
1: Yeah, they're uh, something of a a future Team Canada, if you want to look at it that way. They've been good in pre-tournament action. Uh, Again, what that really means, who knows, but... I've even kind of found myself slightly gravitating to Team Europe Uh, just tonight I think Dreisaitl had a hat trick and in in, in an Olympic type format Germany wouldn't be in the tournament so you'd never see him play if anything it's a good test for some of these younger Oilers players to, to play against some top quality competition and with quality competition or players
0: it is always really weird seeing Oilers players in a winning situation like this. It's
1: it's uneasy and uncomfortable. It's like uh, watching them after they've been traded, essentially.
0: Yeah, it's like watching Taylor Hall at the world the world championships every year, putting up big points and lifting trophies was always a it was a strange experience after everything else we knew about Taylor Hall. But um, do we have any predictions on how this tournament's is going to go?
1: Uh, no, I, I watched a little bit of the uh, what some of the experts think. Uh, they seem to think Sweden will go through, uh, possibly to the final against Canada. I know that they've been getting shelled in pre-tournament action, so I don't know how likely that is. But, uh, I don't know, it'll probably be like Canada-Russia or something like that. I don't know how the playoff format works, admittedly.
0: I'm looking it up right now. And there's semifinals and a best-of-three final. I'm going to predict right now Canada will still win this tournament because they have the best team. But I think it's going to be something really weird like Canada and North America in the final.
1: That would be... As much as I'd like to see Canada-USA because they seem to even hate each other in pre-tournament action. Mm. Canada-North America would be fun. I'd I'd be intrigued by that. And you know what? I I love the best-of-three final that out there. I like the best of three final, too. I, I feel like you have a better chance of seeing who is the better team, even though True. three games isn't that different.
0: Wouldn't this tournament just be better, though, if they took the six best countries and played a round-robin at a best of three final?
1: Uh, as a matter of fact, yes, it would.
0: <laughs> yes, no, it would. I, I just, like, you know, we always, have, we always complain about this, that there aren't enough tournaments where... Um, the the major powers play each other. And the same problem's happening here. So, in Group A, we have Canada, Czech Republic, Team Europe, and Team USA. And in Group B, we have Finland, North America, Russia, and Sweden. So, it's probable, once again, Canada and Russia will not play a meaningful hockey game until next Olympics, if they're even at the next Olympics. And if you were to change this tournament to Canada, USA, Finland, Czech Republic, Russia, and Sweden, yeah, you just and take everybody out the gimmick Everybody wants. Yeah. Take out the gimmick teams because that's what they are. I mean, you could even have you know a play-in for, you know, if you want to have a, a play-in tournament to decide who's going to you know make it of the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Germany, and all those countries, fine. But play a round robin. Everybody plays five games. The games would be intense. Everybody would you know the best of the best would be there, and then have. The one final and it's simple everybody gets five games everybody plays everybody people would be watching that because it would be the elite teams and really there's only six elite teams you could talk yourself into you know Switzerland maybe and teams like that and we'd finally get to see that Canada-Russia once every couple of years that has been missing and that's what drives me nuts about international hockey we're still not getting that with this tournament we're getting team North America versus team Finland and random gimmicky teams that don't make sense
1: yeah, the, the the weird thing about uh, the format of these international tournaments is that by allowing or, or indirectly allowing Canada and Russia to not be able to play very often, it's actually built up the Canada-USA rivalry to the point where it's better. It, it's a bigger rivalry. They always seem to meet for whatever reason. And... I suppose you could argue that's better for hockey. Uh, I've always been of the opinion that you wouldn't want Americans to become big hockey fans because there's just more of them and they'd be better than us eventually. But I, I agree. I, I, I'd like to see some Canada rush. It, it always plays pretty well in the world juniors when it happens. Mm-hmm.
0: I just wish hockey would be more, you know, uh, you have an opportunity to try to make something like this work and they turn into a gimmick instead and i just think it's a shame you know because no one's gonna you know i read an article that, i didn't read the article but i read a little tiny bit of it it said should canadians cheer for team canada and really it's like who the hell cares it's just a, it's a gimmick that doesn't have any relevance i care about you know like, i, I want to see the best of the best and i want to see canada russia and i want to see canada sweden and see how these teams actually match up. I don't want to see some gimmicky stuff with a bunch of under twenty threes playing. It, it doesn't matter. It's just a glorified exhibition that way. You know, no one's gonna try to defend the you know the North America logo. There's gonna be no inquests into Team North America sucking. No one really cares.
1: Yeah, this, uh, and you've removed
0: what matters but international sports.
1: Yeah, the the tournament it's it's not really an international competition, it's just an NHL marketing ploy.
0: It is, and it's transparent about that, which is
1: what bothers me. It, you know what? They should just go full transparent because it's like they're trying to veil it a little bit. They should maybe do something like golf does and do North America versus the world, or something to that effect. That, maybe that would gear up a little interest too, like a summit series type thing. Oh, I wouldn't you think really. So? I don't. I don't I, think I'm not so. married to that idea. I just came up with no. it right now. <laughs> but I, I. I I'm almost insulted by their trying to position it as an international competition when it just isn't
0: yeah that's the problem isn't it hockey just hasn't been able to get this right
1: it's a shame football wasn't an international sport because I'd be down for a world cup of football
0: do you think so well, How would that work? There's like one...
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, it's it's just not an international sport. It would just be the States against itself, I suppose.
0: Uh, either way, I don't think it works. I think I'll probably watch, but uh, I don't think this is going to be a big success.
1: Yeah, I, I'm watching more. You know, I, I have some minor interest in... Obviously, I want Team Canada to win. I don't want to lose at these sorts of things, but... I'd be more kind of intrigued by how some of the Oilers that are in it are playing. It might be a nice precursor to the season, but I suspect that's not why the NHL wants you to watch.
0: I do think the timing of this—the uh, timing of this event—is a real problem. Because people are not in hockey mode right now. Like this is this is a month from starting to care about hockey, and they're trying to move this up by move this up to early September. It's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough sell. I think the ratings are going to be a lot worse than they
1: anticipate. If uh, Rogers taught us anything, that uh, they don't plan on, t- <laughs> they they don't prepare for the bad ratings they're about to get for NHL games.
0: We can just leave that they don't plan. We can leave it at that. So, Andrew anyway, Curtis, anything else to cover today?
1: Uh, we could briefly touch on today's terrible Champions League results, but
0: I don't want to discuss I that. I don't. I don't know. If, <laughs> I haven't. I
1: actually got visibly upset. As the day went on, to the point where people asked, "Why would you have such a bad day?" So,
0: I, I had the same thing. People were wondering why I was so surly at work, and we both cheer for Tottenham. It was a, it was a dark day for sports. So,
1: there's always these things happen. There's always next year. <laughs> there's always next year.
0: <laughs> All right, I guess that's it for today. Uh, signing up. I'm Scott. And